Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's playoff time, and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. Our partner, Bet Online, is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of Gatorade, Bet Online is the number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online and join today to get into all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast. I am Megan Robinson, joined again by Justin Southwell and Eve Batoba. And guys, the schedule was released last week. We couldn't talk about it due to scheduling issues, but we can talk about it now. A week late, but you guys just want to hear our thoughts. We know, we know. So let's yay. go. You know what, though? Before we dive in, the ad read it mentioned betting on the Gatorade color. Yeah. And most people would think it's a toss up to have red Gatorade. For the Super Bowl, you got the Chiefs versus 49ers. It just makes sense. But actually, they don't use red Gatorade in the NFL or in college. I've never thought never? of red, red Gatorade. I always think either blue or orange. I always, I kind of lean orange. I just feel like orange is like the standard that I see most often. Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Um, but I think, uh, you know, Lime green. I think the reason that they don't use red is because, like, if somebody gets hurt, and you've got like red liquid in your body. It looks like you're coughing up blood or something. That's the mm. rumor I heard, but makes sense. Orange, maybe not so much. It's like, yeah. As I recall it, being on the sidelines and getting a sip of the Gatorade seems like I would always just sip on orange Gatorade. So I've never actually bet on the Gatorade color, but if I did, I'd probably go orange 10 times mm. out of 10. Yeah. Mm. I have done it in like a, prop bet sheet like i have not specifically placed a bet on the gatorade color but it's like what's the coin toss who wins gatorade like with a group of friends yeah 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 Yeah, i think we do that all the time like justin like whenever the couple times we watch the super bowl together schroeder yeah that was all his schroeder knows all the prop bets so no doubt all right anyway back to it but uh we'll talk more about the Super Bowl at the end of the show because guys, Bixby is back and he has his Super Bowl pick and he thought long and hard about who he was gonna go with. So stay Most tuned for Super Bowl picks with Bix at the end of the show. But right now we're talking about the Oklahoma State 2024 football schedule. I just want to start out by saying I feel very good about this season. We have a tougher schedule, a much tougher schedule than we did in 2023. So I don't want to hear anything about a cake schedule. That's why we're winning. No, we start off this season. uh, Well, we'll face three new opponents for the conference this year, Utah, Arizona state and Colorado, three newcomers to the big 12. They will be in our conference play later in the year. Uh, And I'm sad that we don't get to face UCF this season, unless We face off in the Big 12 championship. We shall see. I wanted that redemption this year. What? What? 
No, I tell you something. I'm glad we're not playing UCF again this year for the simple fact, not not because of what happened last season, but they got this quarterback, KJ Jefferson, who actually transferred from Arkansas, ironically, who we're going to be playing this year. And KJ Jefferson is like my sleeper of 2024, 2025. I think that guy is a really solid quarterback and he transferred to UCF. Uh, So I'm glad we're not facing him. I just wanted to have them in Stillwater and give them a nice Oklahoma welcome, you know, and give yeah. attention for that loss. But uh, nice. you know, maybe we'll see you in the Big 12 championship. But to start uh-huh. this season, the first three non-conference opponents, South Dakota State, Arkansas, as Eve mentioned, and we renew our series with Tulsa, South Dakota, the Jackrabbits, South Dakota State Jackrabbits come to Stillwater as the reigning FCS champions. They enter that game with 29 straight wins, guys. They've outscored opponents 146 to 15 in the FCS playoffs. Pretty good, huh? It's a, yeah, pretty. I mean, I'm just, I think we will win this game. I do. Home opener, Stillwater, I think we learned a very tough lesson that we will never forget against South Alabama. But I also think, like, this game, it honestly makes me nervous. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I was just at South Alabama last week, and uh, surprisingly, really nice campus. Really nice stadium. It was was well done. Uh, I just don't want a repeat of that, right, going with South Dakota State. And here's the thing about South Dakota State, 29 straight opponents – Sorry, 29 straight wins. How many of those opponents were D1, like Power 5 opponents? I wonder if any of them are even in that or are included in that. Um, I'll have to go back and actually look and check. But um, I know that Montana was one of the teams that they beat, and Montana was very solid, right? They were legit. But, man, I'll tell you what, can't sleep on them. (laughs) You absolutely cannot sleep on them. And like you said, Meg, I'm confident that we're going to win the game, but – are we going to win comfortably? I don't know. I think that our experience is going to help us out a ton, right? We're, yeah. we're, I mean, we're bringing everybody back. So, you know, you hope that it's a very, very comfortable win, but you can't sleep on them. That's the thing. We are bringing everybody back, essentially. Uh, South Dakota State, on the other hand, is losing a lot of talent and production, including an offensive coordinator. Um, and I'm sure we're going to dive deeper into this whenever we get closer to the season and kind of give a rundown of South Dakota state, what that game looks like. But I do have some things just so we can all put our minds at ease as Oklahoma state fans. Let me run down this real quick. Wide receivers, Jaden and Jackson Yonke were like the woods brothers for their team. All right. They accounted for a total of 1,764 yards and 15 touchdowns. Now, to me, that just sounds like an average Justin Blackman type of season by himself, but whatever. Facts. All right. So they each played in the Shrine Bowl. I think they each had a couple of receptions. Also in the Shrine Bowl were two of their outstanding offensive linemen, Mason McCormick and Garrett Greenfield. They're heading to the NFL. And then another Shrine Bowl participant, their tight end, Zach Hines, who already sounds like a Pittsburgh Steeler. He had seven touchdowns last year. And then last, but certainly not least, their running back, Isaiah Davis, who accounted for 1,578 yards and 19 total touchdowns last year. Wow. He he has received an invite to the NFL Combine. So if you're keeping track, that's 51 touchdowns 
that will not be returning for the Jacks next season. That's a whole lot of production. That's a ton. Uh, additionally, they're losing three of their leading tacklers. All right, we got Jason Freeman, Savion Williamson, and Isaiah Stalbert, who accounted for 244 tackles. Okay. Probably what Nick Martin's going to do next year. <laughs> uh, all three of those guys played linebacker. They're losing a talented corner, Deshaun Gales, who had 43 tackles and two interceptions, losing three defensive ends who totaled 71 tackles, Man. and losing a couple of defensive tackles who totaled 38 tackles. So take that for what you will. A lot of, again, a lot of talent, a lot of production leaving from those uh, FCS national championship teams. Yeah. So you got all those players leaving on top of the offensive coordinator leaving. Oh yeah. I feel great about that now. Hey, there you go. Now, if there's, if there's any reservation, I will say it's this, uh, they, they will have an experienced secondary. So it looks like all their safeties are returning. Uh, and a few other corners who saw some action. And of course, they're going to have their returning quarterback, who is the Walter Payton Award winner, Mark Gronowski. All right. Sounds like somebody from Monsters Inc., maybe. Mark Gronowski. All right. So now the Walter Payton Award goes to the most outstanding offensive player in FCS. And by the way, quick pause, real quick. For those who don't know, FCS stands for Football Championship Subdivision. FBS, which is what Oklahoma State is in, stands for Football Bowl Subdivision. So they're both Division I, formerly known as Division I-A and Division I-AA. Just wanted to make that clear because not everybody knows that. Don't want somebody to go around talking about OSU's playing in a Division II school for their opener. It's not the case, all right? These guys are Division I athletes. But anyway, back to Gronowski. Uh, he had... <laughs> nearly an identical season, statistically speaking, to Zach Robinson's junior year. So I watched some highlights, and of course, he's the first quarterback I thought of when comparing him because we got a dual threat guy who wears number 11. I'm sure there's a more accurate comparison out there, but I mean, it, it is pretty wild to look at these stats. So uh, Gronowski had 3,058 yards passing. Zach had 3,064. So like right there. Uh, Gronowski had 29 passing touchdowns compared to Zach's 25, and then each had eight rushing touchdowns. So, pretty solid comparison, statistically speaking. As you know, we'll see uh, what could, that uh, looks like when Boom Picking Stadium. Could the comparison be the state just above them, North Dakota State, and Carson Wentz wearing number 11 over there? Dual there threat guy. Yeah. I mean, I didn't look at their stats, but who knows? Could be. <laughs> We got yeah. He's uh, who's the other guy that was up there recently? Jordan Trey, Trey Lance. Trey Lance. That's it. Yeah, I okay. was thinking because didn't didn't uh, not a quarterback, but Dallas Goddard didn't he also go to NDSU? Ooh, I think he may. Have. I remember interviewing him when he was coming out. Yeah. Dallas Goddard. But I have randomly yeah, some yeah talent he went there. to South Dakota. Yeah. Uh, South Dakota. Yeah, he went to South Dakota State. How is South Dakota State producing so much talent? My goodness. Who who is their GM or recruiting director? <laughs> he is killing it. I have actually uh I have been to the South Dakota State University campus. Fun fact about me. When game day was there, I don't know, 2018, 2019, they were there. And I was, I, was, I was like, Can I can I go for a shoot? And do something i've never been to south dakota so i went and it was a super cute little campus little <laughs> cute little town 
Um, I think it was the, the, that was the game they were playing North Dakota State because Tom Rinaldi drove out or wrote an essay on like the mile marker that like the mile markers that divide the states. And my camera crew had to drive out like two or three hours to the border of North Dakota and South Dakota to get shots of the mile markers. So that's my South Dakota State connection. And Eve, the last loss for them came 7-3 to Iowa. So Uh, that was their, you know, FBS loss. But 7-3, I mean. It's Iowa, though. Like, Iowa's really tough today. But they're not known for their offenses. But still, to hold Iowa to seven points, like, okay. All right. I feel good. I think that'll be a W. But, guys, but, again, hopefully we're not going to have a quarterback battle. Hopefully it's going to be Alan Bowman. Alan Bowman. We're not going to have this three running back rotation where Ollie's only getting six carries. You know that he's going to get the ball. So hopefully a lot of those early. Have y'all heard heard some of these rumblings about Zane Flores looking really, really good lately? We have. I ain't trying to stir the pot. I'm just saying. Honestly, Eve, I don't care who starts at quarterback as long as it's one person starting at quarterback week one. I don't, I don't care who put the best person in. We can have that discussion in another episode because right now we're talking about the schedule release. But hopefully these first three games, because next up is Arkansas. Arkansas is a big game. They're our closest. They're the, I think, what did it, was it? They're the closest out-of-state opponent to us because they're only three hours down the road. Um, SEC team, I think we can make a statement by meeting, by beating an SEC team that, you know, Arkansas has been kind of on the up in the Sam Pittman era. So I don't know. And we got one of our running backs, just we got a running back transfer from there. I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, AJ Green. There you go. Thank you. The other AJ Green. Yeah. I only knew that because he's named AJ Green. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Justin. So uh, Arkansas. Yo, I think he's the second AJ Green to come through Stillwater, like in the last uh, 15 years. We had a, we had a teammate named AJ Green, didn't we, Justin? I mean, he's, I don't remember if he was one of our teammates, but we did, we've had an AJ Green on the roster recently. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think he was, I think he was one of my teammates. But Arkansas, I tell you, so dating back 2011, I remember at one point, you know, 2011 was our magical season and we were ranked number four in the country. And the first three teams were Alabama, LSU, and Arkansas. And we're right after them. And we're, you know, three SEC schools, top three, and then it was us. By the way, Arkansas lost to both Alabama and LSU, and they felt like we didn't deserve to be number two in the country. And I got in so many arguments and so many debates with my friends that attended the University of Arkansas because for some reason I had a bunch of them that attended that university. And I kept telling them that we would whoop them. Oh, I wanted to play Arkansas in the bowl game so bad just to just oh, just throw it in their faces. And every year ever since, I've just been wanting to play Arkansas just to say, like, yeah, we all shut up already. Like, <laughs> here we are. We haven't even played them since, what, 1980, 1983 or something crazy like that? So, no, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to at least get that. And I feel really good because I think they're currently in the middle of a quarterback battle. There's still some uncertainty about who QB1 is going to be. So, hopefully, they're rotating three quarterbacks in that rotation whenever they play <laughs> us. And we can come out there and just – you know, throw something in their face. If they're smart, they won't. Learn from learn from the pokes. Guys. Learn from others' mistakes. Or don't. Or don't. Yeah, that's fine. Come on. I don't want to compare this because it's not the same caliber as the Texas-Bama this past season as far as, like, what it means for stakes, you know, as these two, like, 
highly, you know, top 10 programs or whatever. However, yeah. I do think the stakes are very high for what it could mean now with the, the new college football playoff expanding to 12 teams um, and the automatic, you know, winning your conference, you get an automatic bid. But this is this is one of those situations, though, where, where you do expand to 12 teams. And what if we don't win the Big 12 and Arkansas is in the hunt? And then this is one of those like, well, here we have an SEC team and they beat us. So I think that this is a very Bit, like a sneaky big game for us that we need to make a statement early. And this is a huge resume builder when we get this win. Um, and I feel confident because we are in Stillwater. I think I'd feel a little bit more uneasy if we were in yeah. Fayetteville, but I think that coming to Stillwater, um, it's just the home field advantage in Boone Pickens is unlike anything uh, you'll really experience. So I, I, yeah. I feel good. I think this is a very like, sneaky statement game though for the pokes early on yeah i think you make a very good point about the expansion in the 12 12 team playoffs and this definitely could come back to be one of those games that is uh, a deciding factor for us and i'm so <clears throat> i'm so glad that we have met home because have y'all ever been to a game in fayetteville arkansas no but i want to man it is first of all fayetteville sleeper city so fun beautiful so fun. And I mean, you know, what's the the state model for Arkansas? What is it? The the natural the natural state. Natural state, I think. Yo, like you see all of that nature whenever you're just driving into Fayetteville with the hills and the and the the, the greenery. It's it's beautiful, but I will say, um, they definitely have a home field. Well, it seems like it whenever you're there. So I'm glad that we have them in Boone Pickens Stadium. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. First road trip of the year comes week three to Tulsa. Four of our first six games are on the road. Although we open up back to back at home, we do have a bunch of road trips coming up against Tulsa. We are looking for our 10th straight win against the Golden Hurricanes and the first, this will be our first of eight straight meetings after taking a couple of years off. This, this game, sorry, I'm not worried about it. I'm just, I'm not. <laughs> what I'm yeah. more annoyed by is eight straight. Like we're not even seeing some of the new members of the big 12 that often like yeah they Tulsa eight straight times I'm already tired of them. <laughs> low cost I guess it's right up to you know right up the street go ahead yeah. take care of business yeah come right back but uh I will say I mean I know you say you're not even worried about it but every now and then Tulsa has a tendency to just pump out some really good teams they do you know like they'll just randomly have 11 wins and you're just like yo where'd that come from so yeah. <laughs> coach Blankenship usually he gone gotta come to play but i also i mean the i guess uh, and going to tulsa is not the home field advantage for tulsa that playing in fayetteville would be for arkansas oh not at all if that makes sense so i get like you know it's an hour 15 from stillwater i'm thinking our fans are going to travel pretty well there's going to be more orange there a lot of our players are from that tulsa area you know uh so i think that that could be a, almost a home field advantage for for Oklahoma State. So 
Those are those. Those wow, Meg. Those are non-conference opponents. Going to be cool to see the the Presley brothers going against one another. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> Why why'd you say it like that, Justin? No, it's just funny. I forgot all about uh, Braylon Presley being at Tulsa. So it's kind of cool. It's like, huh, here we go. A little, a little homecoming. We're going to get to, you know, meet up after the game, get a good picture, maybe a jersey swap. No, you can't do that in college. but He'll get to see what he missed out on. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, I I do, not not to like hate on him or anything, but it is a little, it is kind of interesting the way things have kind of shaken out because he, on the way out, kind of, talk some noise about how Oklahoma state coaches weren't developing the running backs that he felt that they weren't doing a great job and then turned around next year. And Ollie Gordon goes out and, and wins the Doak Walker award. So, I mean, something happened there. Um, and then he goes to, he goes to Tulsa and then just kind of disappears for a little bit. I, I hope that he does well. I hope that he turns it around and he isn't like an all-star for Tulsa. But um, as it turned out last year, it's just, not the best look. Yeah. Oh, it's all love. It's all love. Yeah, it's all nothing love. but love for the Presley family. That guy was freaking explosive coming out of high school. So, crazy. yeah. So dynamic. Whatever. We like the Presley that we have in Brennan. So. Hey, I like the well, entire Presley family. I'm just That's I'm just fine. But. The record. <laughs> I'm just happy we have a DP. I'm ready to. I'm, I'm loading up on my Elvis Presley. <laughs> of him dancing like every time presley got in the end zone boom hit that thing they need to play hound dog every time he scores there you go that'd be good i love that well after tulsa that wraps up our non-conference play week four we open up when we host big 12 newcomer utah they were eight and five in 2003 a little bit of a disappointing season after playing in the big 12 champion or big sorry pac 12 championship game back in 2022 this game guys is easily the one i'm most excited for on our entire schedule just like the entire schedule the entire schedule this i'm i'm so excited i think utah is a very good football team and they have been Great for program. a while i think they've gotten overshadowed by the oregon's the usc's caleb williams all of that i mean it was a shootout the the 2022 pac-12 championship game between uh utah and usc, uh, USC was just did, did utah win that game they did, did they win that? yeah they won the pac-12 um and so i'm like I think they're a great addition. They make our program, our conference better. And with the Whittingham Gundy matchup, two of the longest tenured coaches in college football entering their 20th season each. Like that's just two legends coaching against each other. And I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I saw um, Adam Lunt had a tweet about this topic. Uh, good follow on Twitter or X, whatever. Uh, so he said, Twitter X. It's kind of funny because you always see Whittingham mentioned before Gundy on coaching lists. Gundy has more wins, better win percentage, more bowl wins, better win percentage, six or less six wins or less seasons, more 10 plus win seasons, more 11 plus win seasons, and more 12 plus win seasons. Not to mention for the first six seasons, Whittingham got to coach in the Mountain West 
In Gundy's first six seasons, he had to face Murderer's Row in the Big 12 South. I mean, yeah. mic drop right there. Uh, I'm so, retweeting that right now as we yeah. speak. Also, guys, uh, you get the geriatric quarterback matchup in seventh-year player Alan Bowman. <laughs> geriatric. Seventh-year player Cam Rising. Like, guys, this could be good. Yo, some get a job. We got – I was looking back, though. So uh, Kyle Whittingham, I'm looking at the conference championships, won one with the Mountain West and then two for the Pac-12. So in 21 and 22 – they got back to back championships. So, yeah, uh, as of lately, they're pretty dang good. Um, so, yeah, it should definitely be a good game. Um, and that way, I think OSU and Utah are kind of similar because they do, they're kind of like overshadowed by, like you said, Oregon, USC. OSU has been overshadowed by OU and Texas, even though we've gotten, you know, a better record against Texas in the last 10, 12 years, whatever the case is. Um, so yeah, it's time for us to just stand out that much more against these guys. Do you know that there's only one program in the entire country that has more wins than us at home since the year 2020? Wait, say that one time. Only one program in the country has more wins at home than Oklahoma state. So Georgia. <clears throat> well, well, no, 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 it's actually, uh, uh, no, actually it's two. Sorry. So Georgia's 22 and Oregon. Oh. Okay. So we're just 22 at home. We're 23 and three. Granted, right? We played more games. Okay. But uh, you have Clemson, who's 24 and two, and Alabama at 25 and one. So they're <laughs> they're the only two that have more wins than wow. Oklahoma State in their home fields than uh, OSU does. So hey, man, people want to talk about home field advantage. It, it is real under these uh, orange skies over here in Stillwater, Oklahoma. But week four, I'm that's that's the one, guys. After that, after that, we have some more familiar opponents. We play at K State, and then we are back home for West Virginia. Uh, K State, they went nine and four last season. Won probably the best bowl ever, the Pop Tarts Bowl, <laughs> the NC State. Like I, that's not really a question. Um, best best bowl. Avery Why Johnson. Best bowl because of the name sponsor. Did you did you watch any of the bowl? Did you no, watch? I did not. Like the mascot, the edible mascot. Like I just think that the marketing, the branding, everything about that was top tier. And like I want to play in the Pop Tarts Bowl and I want to <laughs> taste this edible mascot and that jumps into a toaster and comes out and they devoured it. Like shout out to the Pop Tarts Bowl. Like shout out to the Pop Tarts Bowl. But that's. That's another conversation. It's Avery not the goal Johnson. this year. It's not the goal this year. <laughs> it's not the goal. However, if we had to settle for a Pop Tarts Bowl appearance, like you know, the Pop Tarts Bowl actually needs to sponsor Pop Tarts needs to sponsor one of these playoff games. Yes, that that's can... how you get that done. And they deserve it after what they did this past season. But back to football, Avery Johnson debuted for the pop for the Pop Tarts Bowl for the Wildcats in the Pop Tarts Bowl. 249 yards, three total touchdowns in that victory. DJ Giddens, I believe, is coming back with uh, he had 151 yards, two touchdowns in that bowl game. K State kicked off our revenge tour last season, but playing in Manhattan, as we know, can be a little dicey. Yeah, uh, always tough to play in Manhattan, and then you're adding the fact that we 
are coming off a Utah game. So two very physical teams back to back front loaded yeah. on the schedule. And um, that is, I think the toughest stretch of the schedule right there. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, every Johnson, he's pretty mobile, right? Like he'll, he'll oh, run. Yeah. He'll talk yeah, to yeah, run. yeah. Yeah, man. That's going to be, I mean, you know how I feel whenever we play those mobile QBs, man. So uh, hopefully we get, we get right after, um, after beating Utah. Yeah. And then we host West Virginia. They're coming off their highest win season since 2016. Some might remember our 2023 game against West Virginia as Ollie Gordon's breakout game, 282 yards and four touchdowns in that matchup. I mean, that's not bad. It's like, okay, you know, like. Hey. When you see me tweeting out the skate emoji, you know I'm talking about Ollie, all right? And I feel like I'm going to be putting out a whole bunch of skateboards out that week. (laughs) I like that that game is home. I think that Utah and K-State can both kind of potentially be trap games in a sense. But I I feel good about West Virginia. Uh, I think Gundy voted for Neal as the coach of the year in the Big 12. So, I mean, expect expect West Virginia to be the contender in the Big 12. He uh, He almost lost his job. And then they beat OSU at the end of 2022. Yeah. And then it came back, turned it around a little bit. Like, I think West Virginia fans, for the most part, ready, ready to get them out of town, run them out of town. And here's Coach Gundy, Big 12 Coach of the Year, voting for him as Big 12 Coach of the Year. Wow. Well, after West Virginia in week six, we have our first of two buys smack dab in the middle of the season last year we were complaining about that week five bye which actually ended up being a blessing in disguise and now we have one right after i kind of wish the bye was after k-state before west virginia but we because we have two i'm like okay um i'm cool yo i it just seems like utah K-State, West Virginia are going to be some physical battles. I think especially for Ollie. You know what I mean? Like I'm fully expecting him to be getting 20, 25, 30 carries in all three of those games. So take that by week. Just put him in an ice tub and just stay there all week. But, hey, you get back right. You know, if, if A.J. Green gets right, that's a great one-two punch to have back there. So No, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. And then after, so coming off the bye, guys, we have back-to-back road games. And our first is heading out to Provo, Utah, playing BYU after that insane double overtime win that we had last season. I think that this is going to be a tough environment to play in. Also, probably one of the most scenic environments, if not the most scenic. This is the game that I would love to go to on the road just to take in the views. But uh, I think BYU, they're also a very physical team. I mean, you saw it last season, the end of the year. Um, Well, everybody on their team is Alan Bowman's age. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody went on missions and came back. Yeah. I know it's a tough place to play in general. Um, You've got the elevation as a factor, so you're probably not going to get altitude sickness, but it'll be tougher to breathe that thin air. Mm-hmm. And then, Eve, you just mentioned all the uh, home wins since 2020. 
I looked it up. So BYU has a 20 and five record at home since 2020. And they just lost their last two home games last season against Iowa state and OU. And of course, uh, watch that game. That OU game is actually pretty close for a little while. So, you know, yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a fun trip. But uh, one advantage that I think we have, not a lot of people have noticed, I don't think, uh, and I'll, I'll probably bring it back up toward the end of the show, but BYU plays Arizona the week before that, where Oklahoma State has that bye week to be able to rest up and get ready to play that game. So I think that that will um, possibly be an advantage for us, a little hidden advantage. I wish they were taking a long trip. Like going out to UCF and coming back, that BYU was, you know. Mm. But yeah, we'll take that. I tell you what, if we're doing some calendar planning, Meg, you mentioned that that's probably the one game that you'd want to travel to the most. I mean, is that? Can we all agree that's probably the best game to travel to for Oklahoma State fans? Like, if you're trying to yeah. make, hey, this is the one trip that we're going to take this football season. Seems based like on, be- based on where Colorado landed on the schedule yeah. at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've never been to Utah. I always wanted to go to Utah. Utah is beautiful. What date is that, by the way? BYU, Oklahoma State. Here, let me just look it up real quick. October 19th. Ah, wait, no. Yeah, October 19th. Okay, so that's a couple days before my daughter's birthday. And I have another baby on the way here. So, yeah, might not be able to make that happen. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe we'll celebrate in Utah. We won't hold our breath eve but uh yeah and it should be like really good weather out there at that point too yeah right man yo utah i went to moab a few years ago in 2021 so almost three years ago at this point my best friend got married in arches national park and wait what time was it during the fall uh it was labor day weekend okay cool of 2021 yes Yes, uh, went out to Moab, which is not Provo, but uh, Moab was absolutely stunning. And Utah is like a gorgeous state. So highly recommend if you have not been to any part of Utah, go. Cannot recommend Moab and Arches enough. It was just like, I felt like I was on space just because of the scenery in, in Arches National Park. I so take the trip. Take the trip to Provo. Oh, I would love to. I absolutely love to take that trip. Or in Utah. We're saying too many nice things about BYU, though. Right? Well, at least their state. Hey. After they beat us in double overtime last season. They didn't beat us in double overtime. We beat them. them. Come on, man. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. My mind <laughs> is... Trey Rucker forced fumble and recovery. Come on. Of course. Of course. My fault. Lock in. Uh, after, <laughs> after BYU, we head down to Waco. We did not play. We did not play Baylor last season. They had a rough season last year. Guys, they're 9-16 and 16 after beating us in the 2021 Big 12 championship game. Frogs. That was their Super Bowl. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll tell you what. Let's get revenge on that, uh, on that game, please. I mean, hey, you know how a lot of Oklahoma State fans feel, feel about Baylor already. So ain't much else that needs to be said. I just don't like their ugly all yellow uniforms. They're so bad. There's a lot about the unis that are the the biggest downgrade was Baylor's dark green and gold 
looks so good. And then they went to this lighter version of green, yellow, just basic, ugly. Ugh. Man, is Baylor back to being the Baylor of the of old? I think maybe maybe so. Maybe so. Be. We'll see how it goes. This Kansas year. is above Baylor now. Even Kansas, yeah. The, the Baylor and Kansas play each other. That's going to be like the doormat uh, bowl. Well, we had we had all these other new teams, you know. We well, got I'm not sleeping on Kansas, but I'm also kind of sleeping on Kansas. Sorry, Justin, what were you saying? No, I say like we got all these other new teams that have been added to the Big Twelve since then. So, yeah, like Baylor and Kansas, they might be like middle of the road, whereas they used to be at the bottom uh, because we added teams like Houston and Cincinnati. Baylor closes out their big or their regular season against Kansas at home. Man, that's going to be a thriller. Could be. Could be. The battle of the – never mind. I'm not even going to say it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> uh, it's hard for me to uh, talk trash about those teams. It's kind of like – I got a lot of respect for Kansas. Yeah. And a lot of respect for the coach at Baylor. Yeah. Is he on the hot seat this year? Yeah, he has to be. Maybe a little bit. Has to be. After Baylor, we're back in in Stillwater for America's Greatest Homecoming, November 2nd, hosting Arizona State for the second time in three years. We've played in the last two seasons. We've won both games. It's homecoming. I feel really good. You know, Scadaboo is back. Their little wrecking ball running back for the Sun Devils. We had a little bit of a hard time containing him last season. But as we talked about last week, we have a new D-line coach who can hopefully plug up some of those gaps. And uh, we don't lose homecoming games. So sorry, Sun Devils. It's going to be Yeah, it's a couple things. So number one, when we do lose homecoming games, it really stings because we have special helmets and those stand out to me. So obviously the last time we lost homecoming was in 2019 to Baylor. Uh, aforementioned frauds and then we lost again in West Virginia in 2014 with the the bucking Brock helmet everybody loves and we never got to see it again but outside of that for sure we like we we show up for homecoming um, beating Texas a couple of times in that uh, in that span one time of course with the full throwbacks from the 1988 season but the other thing I was going to say about you know not being able to tackle little scataboo uh, I think was largely in part due to not wanting to tackle in practice. And then they corrected that. So I feel like if we go into the season with the mindset that we entered in with like week five and just start like that for the whole season, we should be good. And uh, yeah, I think maybe have a little uh, false sense of uh, like Scadaboo coming in thinking I'm going to run all over these guys. And then next thing you know, we shut them down. So. I tell you what, man, Arizona State. I know a lot of people on that staff. Weirdly enough, like a lot of people. And uh, one thing that I do know, uh, without revealing too much, because I think that this would break some trust if I did, they uh, they're really prioritizing analytics this season, which is a uh, very interesting. They're really prioritizing analytics this season. Uh, young head coach. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. What going into his second season? Second yep. season as a head coach. Third. 
Pretty sure it's second. Second? Yeah. I do remember like looking back and being like, oh man, got his dream job. Yeah, because what is he now? Like 35 years old, like you know, really young guy. Yeah. Uh, surrounded himself with a with with a staff that has some pretty good experience, but um, I th- it, 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 last year you can tell it was a big learning curve type of season for him. So I hope he stays in that, <laughs> right? I think it's always the younger coaches that tend to prioritize the uh, the analytics of things. Um, so hopefully, so, Gundy's experience and getting just a good feel of everything else trumps what they're trying to do with uh, innovation, I suppose. Yeah, I know. Like in football, the approaches, um, you know, they try to they try to mimic what they see in Moneyball, right? From from baseball, taking the yep. analytical approach to baseball, and in certain situations, it makes more sense to do this. And the thing with that is, I feel like football has a completely different flow to the game. It's not as, you know, segmented as it is in baseball where you can, you know, everybody's stopping between each play, each pitch. um, And just a lot more can be like focused. It's, it can be a more analytical game. Whereas football is like, Oh, let's just, uh, we're going to go for it on fourth down because percentage says we should go for it in this situation. And it's like, based on what exactly, there's so many other outside factors. Yeah. And, and one uh, thing that's not really factored in in baseball is just the power of momentum. Like people, people say that it doesn't matter, especially analytics people say that it doesn't matter. That's something that you just cannot quantify. That is mostly emotional. Like momentum plays a huge part when it comes to um, analytics and what to do and what not to do. A lot of it was like based on let's just get this guy on base, you know, and it's like, right. Yeah. Do anything necessary. Well, in football, like you got a guy that's standing right across from you. Good luck. I mean, if you don't have the skill set, you're not going to be able to do it. It's just a matter of just, that's how the game's played. So. And of course, injuries are a huge factor on that too. But it'll be cool. I mean, I, hey, if they if they go on a, on a nice little run because of analytics and change the game, we'll be coming back to this conversation like, what, what were yeah. we thinking? <laughs> so there's a night. That's a pretty late homecoming, isn't it? November it's uh, one of the like, it's like our, we haven't had many in November. It's our latest. Uh, I need to find. Yeah, because it's usually like toward the end of October. But I mean, yeah, we have that bye week before like. Uh, it's the latest homecoming since 2002 and the third November homecoming since 1985. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. Well, probably not going to make it to that one either. I haven't been to homecoming in a few years, so I'm not going to make it to that one. <laughs> we'll miss you, Eve. After homecoming, after America's greatest homecoming, we head down to Fort Worth and face another familiar opponent. TCU did not see the Horn Frogs in the 2023 season. They finished five and seven after playing for a national title the year before. Justin, you've said it several times, was 2022 a lightning in the bottle season. Which TCU team do you think that we will see this fall? It's hard to know. Um <laughs> So when they went on their championship run, I think they benefited from like landing higher caliber athletes in recruiting. And now those guys have been on the roster. They've got a, an extra year of college under their belt now. Um, I really don't know what to think about this game. So I'm going to reserve judgment for now. I might change my opinion as we get closer to the game. 
but the way it looks right now, we uh, I don't know, Jim. Like, yeah, freaking going right. down to Fort Worth is kind of scary. It just is, like, for whatever reason. So, yeah, you're taking the words out of my mouth. I have no idea uh, what to expect out of this game because, you know, again, another head coach that I respect, especially for what he was able to do first season. And another thing about TCU, though, is if you like start stomping on them early, especially at home. I've been to several home games, like TCU home games. And uh, that crowd will get really quiet on you. Like there, there's almost, it's almost a non-factor if you come out and take the lead early and just start laying it on them. So hopefully that's the case. It's good to know. I don't know though. I don't think I share the same level of respect uh, for a coach, Sonny Dykes. I feel like he complains a lot. I uh, complained a lot about the uh, substitution rules with Coach Gundy taking advantage of it, and then all of a sudden yeah, you know, they changed it at halftime. And um, I'm, I'm salty about that a little bit. I think it changed the dynamic of the game. We were talking about momentum a second ago. I feel like that might have played a factor into that for them to be able to get that win. And what was it? Overtime, double overtime in Fort Worth a couple of years ago. Everything so. changed after that. Yeah. So I think we're due for, for a win down in Fort Worth after – after that game, we do have a bye after making that trip down. What? I was just going to say good tailgating down in Fort Worth. Uh, for those of y'all interested in making that trip, there's some great tailgating. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. In spots. Yeah, we will host. We have second by comes week 12 before our final two games, hosting Texas Tech for senior day. They were 7-6 and six in 2023. Uh, and that's our senior day. So I, you know, you got to win on senior day. You got to win. But also Joey McGuire is like an up and coming coach. Yes. He's good. He's good. Yeah. <laughs> I like Joey McGuire. Yeah. Joey McGuire is out here. I mean, he has so many great relationships with Texas high school coaches, yes. right? Texas high school players because of how long, how much time he spent in that circuit. And surprisingly man they like i think it's like two years in a row that they've had some strong recruiting classes mm -hmm. so as they're coming into their own and we didn't play them last year at all i'm uh, interested to see what they look like live and in person but yeah that's that's another team right there where um you know i know it's senior day you definitely want to win that but you gotta be careful about texas tech gotta win your home games just gotta, come on, gotta win them yeah and then we wrap up our regular season with probably everyone else's most anticipated game of the year it's been circled on people's calendars since it was announced heading out to boulder colorado for our first black friday game in school history playing Deion sanders and the colorado buffs buffs started out hot in 2023 and then they lost eight of their last nine but coach prime has done another roster makeover heading into this current season so that could be a a brawl. I can't wait to see Travis Hunter in person. I can't wait to see Shador Sanders in person just because I'm I'm fans of their games. 
so I'm excited about that one. I know that one's going to be away. I wish it was at home, right? It is away, right? Yeah. It's in Boulder, but Boulder's also like I've also been to Boulder, Same. and it's so pretty. Yeah, I went for the first time last year, and yeah, it really is. Yeah. It really is. But um, yeah, it's cold. Feel, late November, it'll be cold, cold. Chilly. I feel feel good about that one. You know, I feel feel good about yeah. that one as well. I think. Uh, the biggest factor is, you know, I mean, look, we're no strangers to the cold, right? It gets cold in Stillwater, Oklahoma, but that high altitude is going to be uh, a, a difference maker. So, see. Yeah. So initially, I was kind of bummed to see this game so late in the season because that was kind of on my radar, thinking about traveling to Colorado. Yeah, Boston me game. too. Um, with it being like the day after Thanksgiving, like eh, for that, for me, that's like a time for me to recharge, visit family. So I'm not going to be stepping foot in Colorado around late November. But um, I think it actually plays to our advantage because, you know, they started off last season early, like really hot. Um, but for, for our sake, I, I think I'd rather play Travis Hunter at the end of the season after he's played 150 snaps for the past 11 games. <laughs> game, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't think he'll get tired because he doesn't get tired, but I'd rather, I'd rather see him, you know, game 12, as opposed to game four or five. You think he's going to continue to just get that much volume in the games? Like at some point they just got to like prioritize one position. Right. I mean, look, who am I to talk? I'm no, I'm no primetime Sanders, right? He does things his own way. Oh, so there, there we have, <clears throat> excuse me. There we have our 2024. Oh, one other fun fact, because it wouldn't be the Believe in OK State podcast if I did not shout out my guy, Nick Martin. The Buffs allowed an NCAA high of 52 sacks last season. So I just hear that and I hear field day for Nick Martin. I hear field day for Colin Oliver. That too. Yeah, the way I see it. I hope, I hope Colin Oliver goes out there with four sacks and Nick goes out there with four sacks, right? So. I love that. I'm hoping Colin for that. Oliver has the initials of the state's abbreviation. Colorado there we go. So hey, man. perfectly yeah. lines up. You got to go and see to own him. You got to own the initials. Let's go. I yeah, think the hardest, so. I say the hardest thing about like the Big 12 schedule in general is it's so difficult to talk about the opponents because it's not like, oh, well, we played them this year and this is who it was because we have so many, you know, with, with there being 16 teams in the conference now. You can't just like, oh, well, last year we beat them this or we lost to them this. It's like we got to wait a couple of years. Like with UCF, you're waiting a couple of years to play them. We still are, have not mm -hmm. faced Arizona. You know, we're not facing Arizona unless there's a Big 12 championship matchup between Oklahoma State and Arizona. So it's just it's so hard to really like gauge the conference because you're not all playing the same opponents. That's very true. But I'm, I guess it's like that every other conference too, right? Now, I, well, now it is. Yeah. Now Big it Ten, is. Yeah, yeah. Big Ten but it'll like, be interesting to see if uh, divisions are made within the Big 12 to have more consistency. I hope so. Because I, I like the consistency. Like there's a part of me that's like, don't you want to play Iowa State again? <laughs> don't you want to get redemption for the loss in no. last year? No. <laughs> well, okay, that's fine. <laughs> but I'm just saying it'll be interesting. So, guys. Uh, who or mm, what's your prediction for Oklahoma State's record at the end of all of this? You know, um, kind of the front-loaded schedule that we were talking about, it seems like it might set up for one loss at first glance. 
with being K State right after Utah. It's rough but doable. And hey, a national championship caliber team gets it done. They find a way to make it happen. We got at Baylor at TCU after not going down to you know Texas that often last year. Um, that could get weird. We don't know what to expect out of those two teams, really. Like they're up and down roller coasters. Seems like um, it is a tough schedule, though. Home field advantage should be, you know, big time for us. We got uh, South Dakota State, Arkansas, Utah, West Virginia, Arizona State, and Tech. So even with the two bye weeks in there, these are pretty tough teams. But um, one of the things that I mentioned earlier that I would want to consider for just the way we look at the opponents. West Virginia has a bye before they play us. Arizona State has a bye before they play us. And Texas Tech has a bye before they play us. But at least with the Texas Tech game, we both have that bye before that matchup. And then the other side of that is luckily they're all home games. And then, as I mentioned before, we have a bye before we play at BYU. Uh, they host Arizona that week. So for me, I'm looking at the schedules, like all the different Big 12 teams. I still think the floor is 10 wins. Uh, the number of guys we have coming back, everyone having that experience together, I think they're going to have an advantage over probably every team that we play. So the floor is 10-2. and two. I think realistically there's one loss in there somewhere on the road. Um, so with one loss... You're still a playoff team, two losses. You're on the bubble, maybe not in control of your own destiny at that point. So you, you just got to go out and control your destiny, man, win it all. Um, but I'll say this, early February, this is an 11-1 and one team. Nice. I think the Oklahoma State Cowboys go 11-1 and one next season as well. Straight up. Because, I, I, you know, I just looked through the, through the schedule. I know it's a tough schedule. There's a lot of uncertainty with a lot of these teams that are coming in. Like some teams are still figuring things out from last season. The Colorados of the world, uh, the Arkansas of the world losing their quarterback. I mean, heck, even Utah, right? They 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 have a, a roster revamp that's happening over there too. So, you know, some of our tougher opponents have some things that they're figuring out. And I think for us, the continue the continuity that we have, right? Offense coordinator, defense coordinator, head coach, quarterback you know, all the weapons that we have on offense that are returning and a lot of weapons on defense as well. So whenever I look at all these pieces and I take all that into consideration, I'm just like, I think that that strength is going to st- uh, keep us bonded in the beginning. And I think that we only get stronger as the year goes on behind our Heisman winning running back <laughs> 11 and one. Let's get it. Let's go. I want to say 12 and 0 because I have been saying since the end of last season that we're winning a national championship. Natty. You know, hey, you, can, you can win a natty going 10 and two. Now. You can, you can. Nine and three. Uh, I, but I, you know, I like the 11 and one prediction. I think that, you know, well, last year we lost a couple of games, South Alabama, that we should not have lost. I think we're going to take that. And I think that we're going to have a better start to the season and not put ourselves in a hole earlier on in the year. I think that that Utah K state could pose some problems. I, those those two those are the two games that are really circled where I'm like eh, having Utah in Stillwater I think gives us the edge but then having to go to Manhattan I'm like don't don't sleep on K State they are yeah, yeah. they're still a solid team they have a good quarterback they have a good running back 
Um, so I'm going to go 11 and one for us. And my prediction for the big 12 championship game initially prior to the Jedfish announcement a few weeks ago, I had Arizona Oklahoma state. Cause I was really high on Arizona. I think losing fish, I don't really know the state of that program without him. So I'm going to go Oklahoma State, Utah in a week four rematch. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Arizona losing Jetfish. And then what are they like $200 million in the hole over there when it comes to their athletic department in general? Like the weirdest mismanagement of funds that has ever happened. We're like, what in the world was going on over there? And, uh, like nine figures. It's the craziest thing ever. I think it's like 120 million. Just ridiculous. So they don't even have money to pay NIL or anything. So yeah, that whole situation is is, is very wonky. But I will say there is there are a couple teams that make me a little nervous. Uh, Kansas State, of course. Kansas State in Manhattan makes me nervous. I don't know what to expect with Texas Tech, but I think that playing them at home is going to be like, I mean, they, they, they just don't beat us in Stillwater. Right? That, that doesn't happen. Uh, we tend to play them close whenever we go to Lubbock, though. But Stillwater, feel good about that. And then if there was one other team that I would say, uh, let's see how this one goes. There's just that stretch when we go, you know, what was it? Was it? Uh, BYU is kind of. Yeah, BYU and Provo is a little bit of a battle. I feel, I feel confident. Or was it, was it TCU? It We're talking about no, it, like... so there was a three-game stretch. I think it was oh, uh, at Utah, the end, West Virginia. West Virginia. And then Utah, Utah K State, West Virginia, back to back to back. Yeah, man, that's just going to be a really physical stretch. So we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, there's something there that, that makes two home games, though. Two home games in that stretch. Yeah, no, that's true. So, so I feel I feel confident in uh, 11 and one. At worst, is, the floor is in 10 and two. Yeah, like this is kind of the thing, too. It's like we're saying 10 and two is the floor. And I think people hear that and automatically think we're just going to go out and dominate all these teams. Like, no. no, like this is going to be the same old cardiac Cowboys. I just feel like with the experience, uh, Coach Gundy, everybody like working together, like we have the composure to be able to win those close games and there will be close games. And I think that if we lose, it's not going to be a blowout. It's going to be a cardiac Cowboys type of situation where we just find ourselves on the wrong end of that. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, that I hope every single game that we're running more than we're passing, that we have a good two-headed monster back there with – of course, Ollie getting the majority of the carries. But don't ever forget that we still have a quarterback that threw 15 touchdowns and 14 interceptions last season. So that part still makes me nervous. All right. It's not like we have an elite arm back there. Sure. So that's that's the part where I'm always holding my breath on. I'm like, ah, come on, Alan Bowman. Hey, I'm 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 trying to believe in you right here. I just want to believe in you. Well, guys, just over six months until we are back in Wait, action. Sorry, who'd you have for your big 12? Oh, yeah. Prediction? Man, I don't freaking know. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So I saw that Iowa State ranks number two in the nation in returning production with 85% returning overall. Um, Is that enough for them to jump some of these other teams like Utah, K-State? Not really sure. I don't know what to think of them. I don't want to sleep on them. Yeah, I forgot that the University of Houston hired Willie Fritz. And I thought that was a fantastic hire this offseason. I think Houston is going to have a drastic comeback. Like, people aren't going to see them coming. And I think Houston is going to make some noise. You know, second year in the Big 12 Conference, they might mess around and really, uh, you know, give us a run for 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 that Big 12, that Big 12 title. 
I'm just a big, I'm a big fan of Willie Fritz. Interesting. I'll have to look at them a little bit closer now that you say that, but they're kind of on my radar toward the bottom. (laughs) Rightfully so. Um, (laughs) I say that as uh, Houston's basketball team is currently mopping the floor with our team. Anyway, respectfully, um, respectfully. Um, But now I, I think still Iowa state, mm, I can't, I can't really pick them. I don't want to sleep on them, but I don't think they're legitimately contenders. So for now, I'm going to say OSU versus Utah. I'm going with Meg because Utah has been really good over the past several seasons. Uh, they have a relatively easy Big 12 schedule. They don't have any back-to-back home games all year after they lose in Stillwater, of course. They play Arizona at Arizona State, TCU at Houston. BYU, so that's a rivalry game, and maybe their only other loss. At Colorado, Iowa State, and at UCF. I mean, they have a, a schedule that's almost as uh, sets up as well as what it did for Oklahoma State last year. So I feel like for that reason, with that uh, senior-laden quarterback, they, they might have the clearest path to the Big 12 championship and be looking for revenge in the Big 12 championship. And we know how it goes for us in Dallas. So the way I'm predicting it right now, not too confident in that matchup, but Hey, a lot of stuff between now and then. All right. So Anything's possible. believe in, in okay state. Well, six months, a little over six months and we'll know, but guys, football comes to an end this weekend with the NFL super bowl 58 and we will be football list. Well, I guess the UFL then kicks off in March. So not completely, but uh, I know, I know. yeah, I don't know if people are UFL fans, but shall we get to, to the, rock. the final picks with Bix of Let's the season? All right. Who does Bixby go with for the Super Bowl? Hard on thought right there. He, he was not moving. And then he took the Chiefs. I think I, he was like contemplating, do I want to upset my mom by picking the Chiefs right now? And he was like really considering it. And he's like, I got to go with my gut and just boom. Took the words out of my mouth, Justin. Like I, that's probably because he is so food motivated that he like waiting for me to say, okay, Bix, go. He's like, mom, I want that treat. But I think he knew it was going to hurt my heart. Mm-hmm. And uh he made the right choice. Is yeah, it's the case. He Chiefs, thirty-one uh, twenty-one. Mm. That's right. I got thirty-one twenty-seven. Uh, ready to see Taylor Swift draped in confetti down there on the field. So that's what I'm rooting for. I am going with the Niners. Uh, I don't think I'm that lucky. I honestly don't. But I want the Niners to win, so I am picking them and sending positive juju into the world. And I will say 27-21. Niners, baby. It's going to be a good game. I really do think it's probably going to be a close game. I've only seen a bunch of people that are upset about the rematch from 2020. I'm like, these are like like two of the best teams in the NFL. Why are we? Why would you be mad about this? So I, I'm. Yeah, you know what's crazy? Both of them had like great defenses this season. This season, both of them had great. I think the the 49ers had the number one offense, right? Like, so you're talking about two great offenses that are completely different stylistically. 
maybe not completely, but pretty dang different. And then well, they have to be though, like Brock Purdy versus Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback. You gotta you gotta have a different scheme for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm excited. Should be good. We shall see. And we'll see if it's orange Gatorade that's dumped on the winning coach. <laughs> Exciting stuff this weekend. Let us know in the comments what color Gatorade you think. That's all for this episode of the Believe in OK State podcast presented by Bet Online. Like, share, subscribe, follow, rate, review, all the things. I'm Meg. They're Justin and Eve. Go Pokes. Go Pokes. Go Pokes. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.